And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. What are your neighbors asking, talking, thinking? And so we can glean a lot. In fact, the garden classes each Saturday, I kind of hang out until everyone's, some folks are kind of more a little on the shy side. They won't <laughs> ask a question. Others dominate the whole conversation. So there's this pot of people around me right after class gets done. And we just learn from each other back and forth. Have people listening mm -hmm. in. Some don't even have a question. They just want to listen in. So we thought that'd make a good segment. We should just glean off the best questions and share them. So Lisa, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Yeah, it's good so, to be here. Yeah. So you should share. Yeah. You just got back from Texas. <laughs> Yeehaw. Uh, our youngest grandson mm -hmm. just turned one. Right. How Benicio. Was that? Benicio turned one. It was so much fun. So I went because first birthdays are momentous. You have to enjoy those. They're number one. Lots yes. of cake on the face. He didn't really do that. Really. He's, okay. <laughs> he's a very neat child. He's a beef jerky kind of guy, not a cake guy. <laughs> so I went to Austin to visit for a few days, had a lot of fun, and now I'm back. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Glad to have we missed you. The dogs oh. missed you. Yeah. Well. So. Back in the studio. <laughs> Glad the dogs did. What kind of garden <laughs> questions do we have? Sure. So our first question is, is from Patrick. He lives out in the Dewey Humboldt area. And his basic question is, is there any shade tree that will survive only on rainwater? Oh, okay. So Patrick, good. Yeah, you've got some native ones out there. Shade trees, though. You see, you see. Big trees need big roots, which need big water, which means big foods, which means they're big. Everything's right. big about them, mm -hmm. and they grow so fast. Uh, the native one that grows out in that area gets about 15 to just shy of 20 feet is desert willow. That's a wild one. Just on the side of the road, you'll see a so wild. It grows kind of shrubby looking, yeah. so multi-stemmed. Mm -hmm. You could grow it as a single trunk as well and then force it. A little bit of training. Be about a 15-foot shade tree. Mm -hmm. A true shade tree, I always think of as 30, 50 feet or right, more. Taller. Uh, those, your hardiest varieties, hardiest of all of them, I would say of all the kind of true shade trees would be locusts. Yeah. So there's a golden locust or honey locust sometimes. Now be careful with your locust because you don't get a named variety, a, a, a hybridized one. They have huge bean pods on them. Yeah. The golden locust, we've bred that bean pod out of it. And so now it just has this glorious gold color in the spring, turns to green, nice umbrella shape, a true shade tree, uh, takes that wind, uh, and then it's fall colors, gold again. Then it's deciduous. That it, it, it'll lose its leaves in the winter. Um, mm -hmm. It's about to probably take off first part of April, I guess, would be a time it would start to leaf out. Depends on the weather. In Dewey, you'd be a few days ahead of it. But locusts, probably the, the hardiest of all of them. The secret for you is going to be getting it from that container. Its only home has, has known is this bucket. You need to get those roots out into the surrounding soil so it becomes hardy to where it can it can live off the rainwater. Now, if you're rain harvesting, that is, you're taking the roof water and capturing it and then using that, that would be a great choice. If you just want it to survive by itself all alone, right off the way, uh, even desert willow, the native one is going to maybe struggle with that until it gets its roots. 
in the surrounding soil. Mm -hmm. So the secret's going to be, and it takes about two growing seeds, so two springs. Uh, so you need to plant it now at a root. And you get to get, get through next spring's rooting, and then usually it'll go on its own at that point. So kind of depends on soil, some variables. Got to leave myself a back door to go, oh, in case it dies, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> usually they're going to root out enough to go, go down that path. Mm -hmm. If you want a large native uh, that's evergreen, it's, that could be a shade tree. We use it to block. We use it to uh, screen things. Gets up about 20 feet tall, 12 feet wide. It's truly a big tree. Is Arizona cypress. And that one does grow wild here. It would do quite nicely. Could shade. Uh, but traditionally, a shade tree is a leafy deciduous tree. You know, they grow a little faster. You get the canopy. And then you get the solar gain mm -hmm. in the summer because the leaves drop in the winter. In the summer, it puts the leaves on and then it shades everything. So I would say come talk to us, take a picture of the spot, and we'll look to see what else is growing in that area. We'll go, yeah, boy, if that oak tree will grow there, this one will be, this one will grow there too. But I would say for you, Patrick and Dewey, you're looking at desert willow, Arizona cypress, your, your locust, golden locust. And I would say there's a pen oak, there's a native oak that grows here too. Oaks have very deep roots, they're very robust. They're very tough. If it goes an, into a drought cycle, it might not grow as fast that year. But then when the rains do come, it takes off again. So it kind of ebbs and flows. So come talk to us and we can help you get the right tree for you. Easy. Okay. And you can plant. I would say the sooner you can plant, if you're going to rely more on nature, the, <clears throat> the more months you can root out before the month of June, because June's the hottest month. That's the month that's the hardest to grow things. So if you can root out, plant it now and get all that spring, you can grow 18, 24 inches of roots in the surrounding soil before June. That's going to help you uh, have a hardier tree going through that heat. Then the monsoons come and the pressure's off. It's it, that June, that dog on June is <laughs> hot, dry, and the rains haven't come yet. So come see us, Patrick. You know where we're at, right? In Herd and Prescott, just by the hospital. Okay. Hey, Dad. Okay. Next question is from Tony. So he lives on about an acre of land out in Chino Valley. He wants oh, nice. to put in several fruit trees, like five to six. And his question is, how much width do you need between each good, tree? Good question. So an acre, you should have plenty of room, Tony. You're, you're good. Go. Now, we should tell folks. The de definition of an orchard is over six trees. So seven trees uh -huh. or more equals, I've got a half. Yeah, I'm an orchard grower. I've got an orchard of trees back there. I, I produce all my own produce. Uh, if you're into that, you're just a backyard garden. So, Tony, <laughs> go for the orchard. You're going to space them, whether it's an apple, a pear, a cherry, apricot, peaches, nectarines, plums, even almonds. Uh, they're all going to grow in Chino Valley really really well. They love it out there. They love that soil. They love the wind. They take, they just produce. They like the sun mainly. It's just got so much sun that produces beautiful fruits. You're going to probably at the, at the minimum about 15 feet up to 20 feet, somewhere in there. So I'd say 20 feet in between for standard size fruit trees. If you're going semi-dwarf, you can cheat that down to 15, maybe 14, somewhere in there. Uh, unless you're going to commit to pruning heavily every year. So we've had some of ours, we've planted every eight feet and we just knew we'd let the canopy get up to size and we would cut it back every year, not let it get larger than that. But just for Tony's question in Chino Valley or, or anywhere, um, you're, you're probably at 15 foot centers. 
between spacing, that's not going to keep them from touching. It's going to reduce. It's going to increase your harvest. Uh, it's just going to be better. 15 feet. For standard. For standard. Yeah. Uh, actually, for semi-dwarf, I'd say 20. Okay. For so standard. If you get a big apple or pear, yeah. they get big. Those are 25, 30-foot trees. They need a little bit more spacing. But if they're semi-dwarf, they're going to be semi. The difference is standard is going to be your standard size your grandparents grew. They had no other choices but standard size trees. Then we introduced semi-dwarf. So we're grafting onto a different kind of rootstock that controls how big that plant gets. So we'll take that Bartlett pear. There's a standard that gets 30 feet tall. And then we'll graft to a different rootstock. Now we have a semi-dwarf Bartlett pear. Same exact fruit. The tree, the structure changes. And so that's going to typically be about 20, 25% shorter than a standard tree. It's still a large tree, so big. Uh, but it's, but it's just, it's more manageable to pick the fruit with a fruit picker. You don't never need a ladder with a semi-dwarf. You do with the standard if you let it go. Then you've got genetic dwarf. Yeah. These are truly, truly pint-sized trees. They are tiny. Now, genetic dwarf, the fruit, so a peach tree, it's the same size peach. The peach, the fruit is not shrunk down. Just the format of the foliage, the size of that tree is shrunk down. So you got standard semi-dwarf and genetic dwarf. Genetics we typically use in containers, mm -hmm. cutesy flower beds, or kind of an accent piece. So there we go. That's We're out of time, just like that. We are out of time. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back after this.